here we go. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 147 of CMD Towers Brews and Built. I'm Mr. Combo number five, and my fellow host might end up in a buried ruin if this deck doesn't get a resounding yes, big time. Hey, how the hell are you? Uh, it's another Friday afternoon. I might be going to the theaters tonight, like we just talked about briefly. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. But I also got a little abuse in here. Uh, so yeah, it's a Friday. I don't really have much. I threw my back out playing rugby on Tuesday, so that was exciting. Hey, middle age, here we yeah, are. You're back, you're back to it. Um, so then I went and got physical therapy and a sports massage this week. So that's good. Uh, and then hashing was brutal on Wednesday. I was hungover all day yesterday. Bad news. I like, do you ever get this? Like, I know you don't sleep as well as I do. Like, I know you have had problems with your sleep and those sort of things before. But have you ever had it to where you're like, like there's nights like on Wednesday, I didn't do Coke. I might have had a few cigarettes, but like I was up till four in the morning watching YouTube videos, mostly about Forrest Gump on a Wednesday after running and drinking for four hours straight. Like, oh my gosh. I like, this is like, this is prime. And it was a weeknight, right? Like, and I was eating wings. Like, how was that? I was on my couch till four in the morning. Like, how does that happen? Uh, I'm just telling you, man, like, that's why I like the Delta 8 gummies because yeah. it'll literally calm my brain down. Cause that's usually, if I didn't take those tuck, I'd probably be up till 2 a.m. every single night. I know you used, to, you used to say stuff like that where you're like, oh yeah, we've had, um, we've, you, you used to say stuff where it was like, yeah, we have, you know, we've had, I've been up till four in the morning, three nights in a row playing Ghost of Tsushima or whatever, or whatever yeah. that's called. So yeah, it, it just I, happens. And I've even learned I have to stop myself, especially with a video game and especially oh, the sure. open world video games. I have to give myself like a time. Like I have right. to stop playing about an hour and a half before I ideally want to go to bed. Like that's how much those get like my brain going. Uh, right. So yeah, I get it, man. It sucks. I, yeah, I like, I don't know. And like, I started, I, I do take CBD, but I only take 30 milligrams. So I even took one of those. I don't think that was enough. So maybe I should have taken another one. Um, but I do want to make an announcement for everyone watching us uh, now or later. Drum roll, please. Wait, do we have a drum, wait, do we have a drum roll? Uh, no, I haven't gotten around to actually loading sound effects into here yet. It's but a- I do have this. Hey, we are we are now officially Twitch affiliates. We just went through Woo! and may or may, may or may not have made up some stuff on the tax forms, but we're here <laughs> and we did it. So support us. That's really exciting. Uh, yeah. All of our one followers, SD Sharpie, hanging out and modding. But enough about that. Mr. Combo, did you get to play any magic this weekend? Last weekend? Uh, I did. Um, I got to go over to a uh, good old Nance's house, one of our great patrons and a uh, friend of uh, Marketing Ross. Uh, and I got to get a few games in. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty good time. Uh, <laughs> trying to remember, I uh, got to win with my God deck. Doing, oh, nice. Uh, doing the World Tree Ultimate. Uh, oh. two double Wooberg, get every yeah. God from your deck to the battlefield. Uh, so I was able to, to win the game with that. Uh, that was wow. pretty exciting. And then I also won with, oh gosh, what was that? I killed myself really quick in a Zerus deck because uh, <laughs> I just wheeled everyone and I just died. <laughs> and, what do you mean you um, just died? Like everyone ganged up on you? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't help that in the one wheel turn, I created like 18 snakes, 20 nope. snakes. 
Yep, that'll so, do it. Yeah, that, that was pretty much uh, death, death to me. And man, this is really going to bother me. I had won uh, the first game of the night. It was a three pod, which was a little unfortunate. Uh, no. But <laughs> it was me, Nance, and single Aaron. And they did watch me essentially kind of do solitaire um, and just uh, win. So with what I want to say, I don't know. I'd have to go through my binder and see uh, which one it was. I didn't take any notes from it because we don't do 40 life at a dash anymore. So it's just like, I don't yeah, really don't like, you know, like I don't know. Don't you have a sp- aren't, aren't you like me and have a spreadsheet that no. dictates every single time you played, a, you played a no. deck. No, absolutely not. I haven't gotten to play. Uh, I have not gotten to play any games outside of our streaming every other Monday right here at CMD tower. Uh, sorry, twitch.tv slash CMD tower. But my magic news is I got very lucky on the double masters box. I spent, oh, yeah. two, I spent 260 and the card value that came out of it is already over 300. And that was just the chase cards, not the rares or anything. So wow. here's my question for you. What do you think? Okay. Of the cards that I got, which do you think would be the most expensive? So to be I, honest, I, I I don't remember all the cards you got. I, I remember fine. seeing so, the post and I was like, oh, they're I, pretty. But I did I did not get an Imperial Seal, but okay. I got a, a Docs in the first four packs. In the first two packs, I got a Dockside, Cavern of Souls, the New City of Brass with the alternate arts, and then um, another Mythic or another like High Chase Rare. So or- I got Vulcan Orrery, the new oh, okay. foil etched rigmarole. So what of those four? What would you think would be the most expensive? Uh, as of right now, I would probably say the Cavern of Souls. Nailed it! T- yeah! But I'll say long-term, it'll be a tie between the Videlkin and the City of Brass. I would think see so? those holding their value a lot longer. Well, because Dockside's right. been on the potential ban wagon right. for such a long time. I, I don't think that one's ever going to get out of control expensive. Cavern of Souls has had enough printings over right. the years. Uh, but I feel like City of Brass and Veldek and Ori, I don't see a lot of printings of those. So I think, right. those, and the fact that they're brand new full arts, I think those will be the ones that right. probably hold the most value. Heck, that Veldek and Ori, if it's not already, it could probably be a hundred dollar plus card. I, it wasn't so, uh, or I might actually look it up right now. Cause I know it's one of your favorites. Uh, but at the time when I got it, the alternate art etched foil wasn't yet listed for like, how much it would be. So that's 20, that's 25 bucks right there. Nailed it. I hate that card. <laughs> Already put it into my deck. Oh, well guys, uh, if you enjoy everything here, you should always be tuning in when we record live and following us up on our audio side, but you are here for Bruce and Bills is our deck tech series. Since we conquered Woo! the past 32, the 12 teams of EDH deck, we have moved on to a segment called say yes to the deck as we've done all month. This will comprise of one of our hosts today, Vic Tuck, building a deck online specifically geared towards the playstyle for the other, aka me, Mr. Combo, but still challenging kind of how they play EDH, but they want it to be kind of geared a little bit towards them. At the end, we're going to see if they'll say yes to the deck, but of course, the harder brews and builds is still here. We Nailed broke it. down the deck similar to how we brew beer. The first category is to be rampant setting your board stage. We call that grains. And grains are the foundations of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts using a 60-40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of that beer. Dex needs ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp under bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. How does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. 
And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. How does the deck actually close out or win the game? We call that yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. Adds alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we do have shenanigans. This can be pet card synergies. My favorite card is actually in the deck, but not in spice. We just like to have fun. And yes, I already spoiled it. We call that spice. And not every beer, or in this case, seltzer waters, have them. But spices and other additives help separate a normal stock drink from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns the stout now, Peña Stout. Um, Scooty Shuffles, new member of the Discord, correctly identified that I should take that out because I do not like jalapeno stouts or jalapeno any beer. So we'll be changing that in the future. Or the addition of agave and watermelon that turns this Carbotch Ranch Water Hard Seltzer from a true, or sorry, from a LaCroix into a Carbotch. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but this is, but if it does, this is where we talk about it. And then to seal off the episode, we do have a bottle capping. And this is going to be the deck's recipients, me cutting three cards from the deck and recommending that we add three cards that would be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget restriction. We just can't talk about mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, Big Tuck built a Say Yes to the Deck. You want artifacts? You got artifacts! With Jan Jansen, Chaos Crafter. So I'm going to read off the card, because Big Tuck, you're going to read through your description on this yes. bad boy. Uh, Jan Jansen, Chaos Crafter, is going to cost Mardu to cast everyone. That's going to be red, white, and black. The legendary creature, Gnome Artificer. It's a rare uh, from Baldur's Gate. Or Commander Legends. Yeah, Commander Legends, Baldur's Gate, right? Battle for Baldur's Gate, I think it's, Battle what it's called. Battle for Baldur's Gate. Yes, yeah. It's a 3-3. It has haste, and it has two activated abilities. First one, sacrifice an artifact creature. Create two treasure tokens. The second one is tap, sacrifice a non-creature artifact. Create two 1-1 one, one colorless construct artifact creature tokens. Card costs about thirty-five cents to buy. So, uh, for those who don't know, Jan Jansen is one of my favorite non-playable characters from Baldur's Gate Two, which worked out very well. And that he was an illusionist thief that also was a tinkerer. He created a crossbow that could shoot skulls that would give people uh, it would like turn people uh, stunned and unconscious. And he's just kind of a great utility player. He had a bunch of quotes. I couldn't find them because it's so old, but. This is what the notes I sent over to Mr. Combo. So, after my last attempt at artifacts with Rap Capuchin, Ship's Mage of the Helm, was universally known, I did some real searching and deep thought. Mr. Combo still doesn't have an all-out artifact deck, and we know his Kalia deck is starting to grow boring for him as well. So, what is there to do? I don't know. Maybe build a Mardu deck where literally every single card in the deck either has the word artifact on it or creates artifacts, mostly triggers. Every single card in here is an artifact or creates artifacts. I, I intentionally made that difficult for myself, so that's why we're here. Last deck was an artifact to be enough for you? Well, here we go. Jan Janssen's a clafty little gnome uh, who runs a hasty value train of bouncing back and forth between rampant creatures, also kind of like a planeswalker we've talked about in the past. Other ways to abuse this? You betcha. So I, I wanted you to try to find some of the loops on your own. I don't want to spoon feed it for you as you are Mr. Combo number five. But some of the main themes are turning creatures into artifact creatures, having a surplus of targets that can either be sacked or reanimated for value, and then building out an army of tokens that can burn mill or otherwise outvalue the opposition. 
and there are several sweaty multi-card infinite combos. Some of the favorite cards Mr. Combo has in the game. I shoved them all in here, and I just felt like this is going to be the one. I think this is going to be the one that is going to be just sweaty enough, but still in Mr. Combo's wheelhouse to really make it really make it to his rotation. It's not there as of right now. I'm hoping this episode tells me. Because I'm going to be honest, though, Tuck. I, I, I think where you're uh, missing the mark with me is you, you, you keep trying to go way, 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 way too cute, and try to ma- you make it so convoluted that even when I'm sitting here like studying the deck, it's like I kind of see a synergy or maybe a combo with this card, but I'm not seeing your three, four, five, six card combos. So I think in the future, you do need to outline those like I, I do for you because okay. they're, they're way too sweaty and I, I don't know what they are. So uh, as of right now, I'm not hot on the deck. I think the other thing, just friend to friend, you know that I'm into like the weird stuff now, but I think you're going way too overboard where everything <laughs> has to say artifact on the card or art, some way of artifact. It, it's, it's not making it into where it's enjoyable. To the build, um, it, it's really just a considered like it might be fun to talk about, but I will never build it because it's just you're building way too fringe. So that's some feedback I'd give you on the surface. Now on the uh, digging into it, I do like some of the synergies in the deck. Sure. I think some of it's kind of interesting, and I'll be honest, like I don't think of Mardu artifacts, so that is also interesting as well. I like that this commander has like combo potential on its face. Like there's a oh, lot of sure. things that you could do to definitely get it. Uh, maybe you're not going infinite, but you can do like a three, four, five activation combo in a row. I don't know if we just want to call that high synergy. Um, right, right, but right. I do really like that. Um, but yeah, I, I would say right now, I just see this as like a just generic artifact value deck. And that's just, generic value is the least interesting thing in all of magic oh oh we'll get oh we'll get there we'll get there don't worry don't worry about it i'll happily walk you through all the combos that are in this deck most of which are in the yeast (laughs) it's great Um, now from a color perspective uh you did pretty good on the mana the interesting thing though is uh how many basics are in it (laughs) There are a lot of basics. That, that's fine. Well, would you like to know why? Why? Because even the lands outside of basics have to be artifacts themselves or reference artifacts in the text. I went Do you all see in. what I mean? Like, that's just way too cute. That's not even ge- fun. It's genius. It's perfect. No, it's not. Because you wouldn't even build this for yourself. I actually I had... <laughs> No, you are not. You're a liar. I, if you I think you was... would build a deck that everything says artifact or references an artifact. That's a lie. You would not build that. I Listen, I already have a Mardu deck. I already have artifact decks as well. But I don't know. I had fun going through this, and it took me a I'm while sure to even did. find. It took me a while to even find the kind of cards that we're going to be able to uh, that we're even going to be referencing here. Uh, and people have been asking for uh, the deck list in Twitch, which I just sent out. Well, there we go. Uh, so the one thing I do like though is that you kept the CMC super low. It's a two eight eight. So there's not going to be a lot of turns where I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And that's one of the things I hate about Magic. It's just Absolutely. sitting around piddling so i do like that um you, you got 50 artifacts in the deck so you did you did do your thing so um 
I think that's oh, and then from a debt cost perspective, what's what's this guy cost to go buy there, Big Tuck? About two eighty, so two two eighty eight ish. Not that's too not bad. Terrible. Um, that's without. This is just like the cheapest ones you can find. Now, let me ask you this: Would you have been a bigger fan of it if I made this specifically to drop t- tribal? No, that was, gonna, that was gonna be my next. That was gonna be my next idea. I'm just everything's. A I'm not drop. interested in these things. That's not like fun. I think Maybe build I don't know. It, build, it, build that for yourself. Build you that always, for yourself. You talk about, you you always talk about how you like to build these weird, like outside of the box sort of deck deck but ideologies. You, but you see what my outside the box like ideologies are. It's God tribal. It's uh, all permanence with Brutaclad. Like there's actually it's like sweaty. No, it's slimy. I'm at building slimy. This decks. is sli- this is absolutely no. slimy. It's got all Everything the stuff saying in here artifact. That you- no, no. If there's no. one card. If I put if no. I put Dockside Extortionist in here, you would have been so excited. But I intentionally no, left it out. no, I wouldn't have because that still doesn't solve the deck. <laughs> but we're digressing. We need to get over to the grade section, and I'm gonna start this since this deck was built for me. First card to talk about, and obviously this is I think one of your value engines in the deck to really unlock some of the combo potential for later in the game. But I do like how this two-drop artifact can also just add colorless mana on top of that. Wait, hold on. So it sounds sounds like we're matching. And wait, maybe like scrambling around. Colorless. Wait, so artifact and adds colorless. Yeah. Uh oh. Oh my god, that wait, is so man. good. Colorless. Color. I, I thought we were on board, but then you you said colorless, and it threw me off. Well, I'm gonna go with it. Three, two, one. Liquid metal torque. Oh yeah, this is incredible. Two colorless artifacted as punishment because it taps for colorless. How are you confused? Go ahead and read the card. All right. So two colorless. This, I, this is not one of mine, but. Oh, I thought co- you said it was. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Well, I already said that. So it taps for our colorless and then you can tap it. Target non-land permanent becomes an artifacted addition to its other types until end of turn. Which is critical. Critical yes. in this deck. So I do really like that, but I also like how the fact that liquid metal torque so I'm going to say this up front. This is a yeast card, not a green card. It's a modal card. Right. A thousand percent. It's in the deck for the second ability. But if we're going to try to frame this around, why is it in the grains? It adds a colorless, which right. 50% of our deck is colorless. So that's perfect. The second thing is that it does convert the non-artifact cards in the deck to being artifacts. Now that gives Jan Jansen additional things to sacrifice Correct. and produce, right. whether we're turning a non-creature art non-creature non-artifact into an artifact non-creature. Hey, that's getting us a couple uh constructs. Or maybe we're turning um something into a creature artifact and that's getting us Correct. a couple treasures. It's gonna do a lot of fuel for the early game. Right. And don't forget that there's also another target that you can turn into an artifact as well which we'll get into later. But just keep that in the back of your mind. Keep that in the back of your mind. All right. Keep that back. Well, what is your first grain? So, of course, I went with the slimy, sweaty, and greasy picks, as I'm known to do. Hashtag SSGs, or I guess it'd be GSS in that case. So I went with the first one, which is slimy, because I feel like this uh, other gnome could be good in this deck, and I think it's really strong. 
but I don't know. I I have not been able to cast this card. I have play tested this card maybe 10 or 15. I've play tested this deck maybe 10 or 15 times. I've never even come close to seeing him. I've never seen him play it in any other decks. I've never heard any. I know people claim he's good, but I think he's really, really strong <laughs> to start getting this stuff out of your deck. Yeah, no, and I, I think you and I are aligned here because I think this card is really cool. Three, two, one. Oswald. Oswald. Bitter Bitter Bitter. Uh, Oswald Fiddlebender is a colorless and a, bl- and a white for a legendary creature, gnome artificer that's a 2 2 for rare and 80 cents. Magical tinkering. So stupid. Just <laughs> say it's a white and tap. Uh, sacrifice yeah, I, an artifact. I, I'm with you on that. Library for an artifact card with mana value to one plus a sacrifice artifact's mana value. Put it onto the battlefield and shuffle. Activate only as a sorcerer. Yeah. So um, I think there's a build. I didn't quite lean into this as much. But there are a lot of artifacts that when they get sacrificed, something happens. That's where the two-drop tribal comes in. Um, we might be talking about some of them later. But just the fact that you can you can bin any sort of artifact. There's a handful of one-drops. There's not that many. There might actually only be one now that I think about it. Um, oh, there's a, there's a few. Uh, but even being able to bin a uh, construct or a treasure token that you generate to go and tutor out something that might put you ahead in many value or that sort of thing. I like that. I think that this deck can be very responsive. There's If someone targets an artifact that you really care about, you can always either bin it to Oswald, which I guess would only be on your turn, but you could also do it to Ron Janssen. The problem was I really, I really wanted to put like Gamble, Demonic Tutor, and these sort of things in there. But guess what? Those things don't reference artifacts, so can't can't make can't make the cut. They just can't make the cut. So I like this card a lot because essentially it's artifact birthing pod. Um, yes, right. Literally identical. Um, and the thing that I also like about it is I suck at birthing pod, and I need to get better <laughs> at it because it's just so much of like remembering what's in your right. deck, knowing the deck list, knowing what's left at that point in the game, knowing the right thing to sacrifice so you don't fail to find. Uh, and I do like those kind of complex lines, so I'm a big fan of it. And I do just see the immense value that Oswald can bring, um, almost kind of like a pseudo backup commander. You know, if Jan Jansen kind of gets rid of too much, they don't do the same thing, but it still is sacrificing artifacts to try to get increased value. So I'm here right. for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I I really want to see him play, especially for less than a dollar. So. Hopefully someone out there can yell at us and say that they've won the game with him or something along those lines. Well, so the last green card I wanted to talk about is this really cool five drop artifact that is going to create copies of our non-token artifacts. And I I think that's just important because as many, because Jan Jansen never specifies non-token. It just specifies non-creature. So I think Mirror Works is a very cool card um, for this deck. So five colorless artifact it's a rare whenever another non-token artifact enters the battlefield under your control you may pay to colorless if you do put a token that's a copy of that artifact onto the battlefield so yeah there's nothing broken you could do with your non-token stuff but we talked about it earlier yep. we have 50 non-token artifacts in here and the cool thing that i don't think people think of mirror works works with the artifact lands you play a land, oh, pay two, nice. make another. Like, that is some insane right. value. That's essentially far-seeking. Right, right, right. I never even thought about that. That's incredible. I there was So, 
I did get this card came in because I was very inspired by uh, Bosch and Roll's uh, Bosch deck, his titular one, because he pretty much went infinite with mirror works. Um, and I almost went that way and putting in like doubling cube and things like that. But I that was the 17th thing I was trying to do in the deck. So I was like, OK, maybe we can move <laughs> on from that. Maybe we can, maybe we can try something different. But yeah, I, I think for a buck 17, the, the, the ceiling on this card is like well out of the stratosphere. Um, and I love that artifact land. I got every single land that is an artifact in the deck. So hopefully I'll be able to go get some value out of it. Did you also, because I, I mean, uh, you and I usually don't spend much time in the land section. Um, did you also put the two color artifact lands in there, the new ones? I did. Yes, I did. Oh, okay. So cool. yeah, the tap, yeah, the tap artifact perfect. lands, I got all those mm -hmm. and the four other ones, the three monocolor and the dark seal. And that might oh power depot is another one that, that's kind of cool so anyways there's plenty of options in there for that good good yep i was going yeah i think you have all the ones that i can think of well tuck i think you got two more why don't you run us through your grains okay so the next one is uh this is this would have been a i try to put as many of these in here entering the battlefield and leaving the battlefield i think those kind of cards are really strong and yeah. this is a fresh one out of Baldur's Gate, uh, Battle for Baldur's Gate, that can that does give you a little bit of ramp in a weird way. And that one is Prize Statue. So mm. two colors for an artifact. When it enters the battlefield or is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, create a treasure token. Uh, I don't, I'm not as hot on this card as I am on some of the other ones that will let you tutor a basic or draw a card or something along those lines or maybe create a creature. But here, just the fact that you can do this on turn two, maybe turn one, and be able to ramp into Yawn and then sacrifice him, sacrifice this one, get your creatures, and then get another treasure token, and then you're, not, now you're back off to the races. For me, for seven cents at a two drop, it definitely has that value, helps out your, helps out your mana fixing as well for that one turn it's out. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. And honestly, Tuck, when I started looking at it, I started thinking more in my head, well, Tuck's Urza deck kind of leverage some of these, what I would call bland artifacts that don't right. really do a lot. Or maybe they just do something on the ETB, but then they're done for the game, but Urza still taps it. I kind of looked at Price Statue like that. Like, okay, two mana, I'm going to gain a treasure token. And then when I sack it to Jansen, I'm going to gain another treasure token. So really, I'm getting my mana back. Right. What this card's really doing is it's netting me future mana for an explosive turn and or two constructs, which I think all of those are appropriate Absolutely. for two mana. I think if it was more than two mana, like four, I think that's where it's like a little too sweaty. But the yes. fact that you yep. essentially get your mana back in this deck, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's a great card. Yeah, that one I'm really excited about. That was my that was my kind of sweaty pick. Because if you can't sacrifice it, I think you could you would be better off just having a normal mana rock, right? <laughs> sure. So that's where it came. But then my greasy boy is one of the other amazing tutors in here because it has such synergy with Yawn. And that card is Wishclaw Talisman, which it's from the redacted set. And I think a lot of people forget that this is an artifact, myself included, which is where this came up. Also would have fit in two drop tribal just for those playing the home game. Colorless and a black for an artifact. When it enters the battle, it enters the battlefield with three wish counters on it. One tap, remove a wish counter from Wish Cloud Talisman, search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. An opponent gains control of Wish Cloud Talisman. Activate this ability only during your turn. Now, with our with Yawn out, mm -hmm. we get to eliminate the entire downside of this card. So this with Yawn out, while while the ability is on the stack, you can sacrifice it, make two construct tokens. 
go and tutor, and then no one else gets anything else. Great target for bringing it back. It's incredible. I, I looked it up. I wanted to make sure. I looked it up on three different websites. That is how I it works, it people. <laughs> yes. Okay, you did as well? <laughs> yep, I did. Yes, exactly. That is how it works. So for this is your three mana. It's like a Grim Tutor, um, but... I guess it's just a Grim Tutor, right? Does that just, it's three yeah, in your hand? Yeah, it's just a Grim yeah. Tutor, but I think the better way to look at this, Tuck, is Wishclaw Talisman is not, a, I mean, I guess you could run it, guys, where you cast Wishclaw and then you activate it immediately. Like, I guess that's a play. Yeah, but at yeah, that yeah. point, it's like, I guess you would rather just have Demonic Tutor or Vampiric Tutor or Imperial Seal or any of the other tutors. Right. So I more look at Wishclaw Talisman, and especially in this deck, turn two, play it, and it sits there. And when we're ready to tutor, we can then do it. So it's not right. so much three mana to go tutor. It's more of a, I'm, I'm doing like foretell. I'm investing two into it yes. now. Yes, for so sure. So then maybe in three or four turns, I could pay one and go get what I need. Definitely. So I just thought that was, I like this card a lot because it's a very political card. And also the fact that it feeds into the strategy, slam dunk, and, it's an art, and most importantly, it's an artifact. Absolutely. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the grain section. Before we head over to our next area, we want to plug a little bit about our great Etsy store. So if you go over to Etsy.com, uh, just type in CMD Tower in the search bar and you'll find our amazing store. Uh, we will have some new uh, product art being uploaded probably within the week of you guys hearing this, because actually when you guys are listening to this from a recording perspective, not as we're recording live, oh, uh, we'll actually we're be back. doing our... <laughs> KC Magic Fest, um, and Matt's going to do a lot of action shots with people using the gear and stuff, so we can make it very fun, but that's where we have all of our gear, foil, play mats, card sleeves, the reminder tokens, the coins, all of it. Uh, please go on there. Uh, definitely everything you guys purchase out of there is going to give us money back, so A, we can pay off what we paid for the gear, but also so we can invest in Magic 30 coming up in Vegas, so Tuck and I can do some fun giveaways do some fun collaborations with other content creators, create more content for you. Just all good things for you guys. Just remember Etsy.com type CMD tower. And, yep, I talk. Talk, and I think I told you this. I, I am officially in. I booked my flights to Vegas. We're going, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. Oh, God. It's still going. Uh, <laughs> and now we're going to head over to the hop section. Big Tuck, keep talking. What's your first hop card? Okay. So I was really trying to find as many utility cards as I could in the, in the hop section that also deal with artifacts. As you can tell, I got exactly 12 of them. <laughs> so we're trying to, we're just trying to work out. So if we didn't have the stipulation, I would assume this is a card that could be cut immediately. But this seven drop uh, board wipe does play into a lot of the themes we've got going here. Oh, yeah, it does. Is this, a, is this, are we ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Blood, Blood money! money! Yeah. All right, I got this one. Absolutely great. Five colorless and double black for a sorcery that's a mythic, which I think is kind of strange. This reads like a rare to me, right? No, it, I mean, it reads just like Grook's Wake in Grook's Wake. Oh, I'm pretty sure, sure that's a mythic for nine. Yeah. Um, so it's a sorcery. Destroy all creatures. For each non-token creature destroyed this way, you create a tapped treasure token. Amazing. Like, again, we are playing into the treasure tokens, which we'll see in the East. We're playing into artifacts. The only thing... So the only thing I really want to ask before you go into yours is how do you feel like this was a course correction for the tapped treasure tokens? Yep. 
That has to be, right? Or else you just win on the spot? No, you don't win on the spot. See, that's where I would disagree. I think so. Uh, I think the reason that this card is very limited in being able to be played is because it creates tap treasure tokens. Right. Now, I do agree that I think tap treasure tokens, if they're going to print as many cards that create treasures as we do, all treasure tokens should probably come in tap. Yeah, right. I do, I do think that is a course correction. But for this card, Tuck, I'll be honest, you don't win on the spot either way because it right, says right. non-token creature. So it's not like, sure. hey, I'm going to make infinite uh, constructs, do this. I now do have this, and then now, treasure, mana, yeah. now I you know, do an X spell for a billion. Like, it's non-token. So at most, think about it. Even in a heavy board state with a ton of creatures out, non-token, you're maybe getting, what, eight treasures? Twelve? Right. You don't win the game on the spot off no. that because you don't win off the spot with a smothering type wheel. And that creates right, 21 right. treasures. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I think it's... so. Would you do you think you would run this? What deck would you need to play to run this in? Uh, I think you're not playing it based on your deck, I think you're playing it based on your playroom. Oh, sure. No, because think about it if you're playing this in your deck because you have a lot of non token creatures, that's one player. You should probably be playing it based on the other three players, right? Right, right, at the pod because combined, those three players will have more non tokens than you, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and so. I think this might be, this also might be something good and like, tr like this would probably be a good replacement in like treasure matters decks, like prospers oh, and that sort of thing. Oh. Right. You know where this is money. Your blood money. Uh, your uh, Marchesa deck, the black rose. Oh yes. Because you steal a ball, you get the plus one counters, you then board wipe, you get them all back, but now oh, you have all God. these treasures. Wow. That is really, yeah, that's awesome. See th there are decks yeah. that you want it, but it's just, you have to make sure that you really like Marchesa. I think the value is there because you steal so many of people's creatures. Exactly. And your whole gimmick is doing the counters and sacking them and keeping them. So that's where I think blood money makes perfect sense. But if I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to put it in my Kalia deck. I would hope people would again, give me side. eye, be like, why? Yeah. But why? Yeah, exactly. For sure. All right. Well, we both mount uh, matched on the blood money. So now we're going to go to my next one. And this is just, a, it's a good card. It's Koss Orzov. It's an instant. It deals with a lot of problem permanence. Fracture. Yeah. Really it's good. Wrong. It's very strong. Uh, single white, single black, instant, uncommon. Destroy target, artifact, enchantment, or planeswalker. Not a lot to say. It literally hits most of the troublesome things that are hard to get rid of. So... Yeah. I think the only way that this would be better is if it also added land to it, but then I think it's way too sure. strong. Yeah, and like the only thing I don't like about this card is it's not a creature, but I think we have enough other removals and enough ways to block that creatures aren't going to be the real problem. No. It's going to be yeah. the enchantments like the propagandas or active authorities or those sort of things. So for 58 cents, yeah, I, I think it's pretty strong. And also it says artifact on it, so there you go. Question for you, if this card costs Mardu, would you be okay if they also added or land? Yeah. Yeah, or land or creature, another one. I think that would also be pretty strong. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm here right, for it. Tuck, give us your second top. Okay, so this is another... So that was my slimy pick. This is my greasy pick. And I've seen this played a lot. And it's effectively, in most decks that run it, a path to exile or sorts of plowshares with no downside. And that's what I, that's why I wanted to... That's mostly why I wanted to bring it up. Is this one of yours or no? Okay, cool. So I think Dispatch is really interesting. So it's one white for an instant. Tat target creature, Metalcraft. If you control three or more artifacts, exile that creature. That's it, right? Yep. Just exiled, no lands, no life, no anything, right? So 
I've always wondered, and I, I, in rereading this card, because this is a card that I've seen for a long time. It gets put in pre-cons a lot and that sort of thing. And I started to think through, is it is this always, granted, this has artifact printed on it, which is why it's in here. But like, is this is this always just the third removal spell if you're running artifact sets? You still run the other two because the downside on them are so limited, are relatively limited comparatively, right? Both of the downsides on Swords and Path are so minimal because I don't think I've ever seen one of those. I don't think I've ever casted that on one of my opponents and they're like, oh, thank you. I needed that. Yeah, exactly. Right. You put it on their commander before they, if it's, even if it's like a Voltron commander, you put it on there before it gets buffed up. So they only gain four life or whatever the yeah. case may be. Right. Yeah. So, but, but again, like in these stipulations, I think this is still a very solid card in any of these decks, but I would put, I, well, okay. If you're running a dedicated artifact deck, which one, if you, and you only had two slots, and this was one of them. Would you do path or swords for the other one? I'd probably do path because the life, it is a, the life game a can tap. get out of control. No, it's because it's a tap basic, and uh, potentially I might be using it to uh, remove a blocker to kill them, and them gaining the life could put them a point or oh, two yeah, yeah, yeah. out of the way. And them getting a tapped basic literally doesn't help them at all. Yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, yeah, I think path to exile is probably the better one. All right. Well, my Final one is a uh, golem that introduces ward for our artifacts. This guy is awesome. We are talking the bronze guardian. So good. It's so, so good. good. Four colorless white artifact creature golem. It's a rare and it's uh, star five toughness. It has double strike. It has ward two. So whenever this creature becomes the target of spell or ability and opponent controls, counter it unless that player pays two. Other artifacts you also control have ward two. And bronze guardian's power is equal to the number of artifacts you control. Uh, the one thing I found a little interesting that you did not put in here, and I don't know why, you kind of forgot lightning greaves and swift boots in here. And I feel like Lightning Greaves is like something you slam on Bronze Guardian. And it's like, okay, right. it has Shroud. Everything has War 2. Deal with it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just didn't put those in. I didn't put those in there because Yawn, the commander, has haste already. So Fair. that's that's the main reason why I didn't put them in there. Um and uh, and uh, they all both work for two drop tribal. So in another day, another life, we could have had that happen. But yeah, Jeez. I think Bronze Guardian's really solid. Is it worth putting in? So the I don't I'm I'm not running that many giant big creatures, right? It's a little different than the Urza build that you gave me, but there are a few. Is it worth putting in something where it's like target creature, like target artifact creature is unblockable, or pumping up your artifact creatures? those sort of builds, do you think it's worth it to with these like big swingers like him and then the constructs that you make as well? Um, I can't answer that. I mean, I would almost say a better route would be to throw a rogues passage in the deck. Oh yeah. And well, then it's, it's on our like, land. So, well, go to hell with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think rogues passage makes more sense because it's, it produces colorless, which is 50% of the deck anyways. And then it's like, if you get in a weird situation where it's like, well, I kind of just need to get through with one big 18, 18 or 18, sure. five yep. double strike. I can give it unblockable and be able to kill someone. 
Uh, but I don't think you run specific cards to give artifact creatures unblockable or anything yeah. like that. I think that's a little too much. It's a little too cute. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Tuck, give us your last hop. All right. So this is a card that can come and bite you right in the ass. This is why this is my uh, sweaty pick. But it is one of the few instances that we have that also mentioned uh, that also mentioned artifact on it. So, and that card is Rakdos Charm. So, black and a gre- black and a red for an instant. Choose one. Exile all cards from target player's graveyard. Destroy target artifact, or each creature deals one damage to its controller. So, I kind of put this in here as like a utility card, right? You can blow up a troublesome artifact if someone's playing the Reanimator. We've talked. We've talked a lot recently about how the graveyard is becoming more and more important for people's decks, whether they're playing artifacts, whether they're playing Golgari, any of that sort of yeah. thing. And then I don't think that this, I think this is another deck that is going to get blown out by token strategies, right? It's going to take a few turns of searching. It's going to take a, two, a few turns of kind of building up your board. And someone's playing elves or if someone's playing some other super fast token build. This might be able to knock them out after everyone else gets ganged up on them. I like the Rakdos Charm a lot. I've run it pretty much all my Rakdos decks. But here, like I said, it just says Destroy Target Artifact, which is why it made it in the cut. Uh, I love didn't it. cut it. I didn't cut it. Because um, I do... I mean, it's just the charms have so much power and um, yeah. being instant speed and being low CMC that I see the value of it. I guess... I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little iffy on it. But you know what I just thought would be really funny to do? Rakdos Charm on the stack. I'm sure there's a way to do it. I'm sure there's some instant speed. All creatures target player controls gain infect until end of turn. How funny oh. would it be to give someone <laughs> infect and then do that, and then their all their creatures kill them with infect? I think that'd be very cute. Okay, that would be aw- that would be awesome. That would be sick to see. So I I, I like that. Uh, but no, it it's it's fine. I think it's Rakdos Charm is just one of these unsexy cards that it it. When it works, it works amazing. It, it is right. a blowout. Yeah. But it's that. It's either you got a blowout or it's just middling at best. Um, and so that's where I'd be interested. Because actually, I don't think I run Rakdos Charm in any deck outside of probably my Rakdos Really? Deck. Yeah. Oh, I put I it's I mean, I've run a lot of I have like four or five Rakdos decks and have a pile ready to do another one. So Well, that's because yeah. you have a problem. <laughs> I know. I know. I got I, I like the pain. I like the pain. Well, guys, uh, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. Uh, Before we head over to the next section, we do want to plug our amazing patron community, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. You guys can probably see it on the scrolling bar at the bottom of the video. Dollar, five dollars, 15, 25. We have many different tiers that you could join. Literally everything you guys put into that, like it's the new soundboard that now we're using for all of our channels. It's helping to hire artists to develop these overlays and new artworks for you guys on Twitch and YouTube. It all really does go back into the channel and uh, not out of my bank account. So uh, anything you guys could do would really be appreciative. Just patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Now we're going to head over to see how this deck is going to close out and win games with peace. And uh, I'm going to kick this off with the only one that I saw where it was like, okay, I kind of see the line. Kind of. It's a great alternate win con that I think is one of your combos in the deck, potentially. We're talking Halo Fountain. Yeah, we are. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Jesus. You know I what? I thought you were going to go with something else. I was, I was going to, so let's keep going with this. And then I want to tell you, I want to tell you the, uh, the real line through here. But yes, this is, this was my sweaty pick. 
So two colorless white. It's an artifact. It's a mythic. It has three activated abilities. Uh, one, or sorry, white tap. Untapped a tapped creature you control. Create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. White, white tap. Untap two tapped creatures you control. Draw a card. White, 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 white. Tap. Untap 15 tapped creatures you control. You win the game. It's incredible. It's another alternate win con. It lets you untap Yawn to be able to do your rigmaroles over and over and over again on the same turn. Draws cards and wins the game. It, it, this is like, it, it's going to take a lot of work to get there, but I wanted to get as much of these win cards in here as I possibly could. And you'll see why in just a second. What do you think about Hollowed Fountain? So I think Halo Fountain is Halo Fountain. very cool. Um Hollowed Fountain is a beautiful shock land. Yeah, yes. and Zorius. Uh, and so I'll I'll put it this way. I mean, I see the synergy with another artifact card in the yeast section. Um, and if you're able to make everything, and I will say you're missing a glaring combo piece for this deck to really make it work. I'm going to be I adding cut, it. I cut, I cut it. I, I cut both of it's them. It's stupid. So. It's so dumb. It literally is what you're trying to do. Uh, you make no sense. Um, but the thing I like about this card is that there is a weird, slow rigmarole that you can do with the other artifact, tapping two things to untap a thing, and you can kind of do this loop to eventually you have 15 tapped creatures, right. uh, and then you can do the Halo Fountain and win the game. So I, I see that. It's just, I didn't see a lot of ways to tap creatures for mana. Uh, I didn't see a lot of ways to produce any color, and so I'm a little worried that the white, 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 white is going to be maybe, nigh maybe near hard. impossible to get to. Well, so in, before I go into mine, in similar scope on your Say Yes to the Deck last time, and how you kind of gave one card that it's kind of all based around, I have that same card that I'd like to start mine with. Uh, okay. in, in substitute for uh, In substitute for the uh, Halo Fountain pick. And that one is Clock of Omens. So yes, this is this is the card to go with. And follow me here. So four colorless for an artifact for a uh, uncommon for buck twenty six. Tap two untapped artifacts you control. Untap target artifact. Right. Okay. So we made mention about turning other things into artifact creatures. Right. Liquid metal torque. Maybe some other options. So if you have Clock of Omens, one of those other turn another thing into an artifact thing, your commander, and any other artifact, you have now created an infinite loop. How? Because you turn Yawn into you turn Yawn yeah. into an artifact creature. You're you sure? sack the other artifact. Okay. Use those two, so you sack the other artifact, get two treasures, right? Okay. You tap those two treasures, you untap Yawn, then you tap, sacrifice one of the treasures, create two ascent two constructs. Then you tap sure. those two constructs, untap Yawn. Then you tap him, sacrifice one of the one of the constructs, sure. create two treasure tokens. Then untap, tap those two, and then you keep going right there. And now you have unlimited ATB ATB effects from token artifacts. Okay, as well as potential other ways of milling people out or killing them on the spot with sacrificing those ones out. Okay, fair, fair. It's a four card of a combo. Yeah. Then you have it, an it, it, 
Then you have an unlimited art. You have an unlimited army of artifact, uh, artifact constructs. Effectively, you always net one treasure, so you're always going to have a spare treasure that you can then tap and sacrifice. Well, really, it's a just it's just a three card combo because it's clock of omens, something to turn Jan into an artifact Jan, and then I guess and you then, can just sacrifice just that insert, thing. Yeah. Well, it's just then insert whatever card you want right. in there for that fourth card. Um, okay. I mean, that, that's a combo. It does go infinite. And so, okay. So I could see your ha halo fountain. I could see one of the cards that I am cutting from the deck. Um, and, uh, okay. Like that, that's cute. It's cute. Um, see? it all hinges, it all hinges on that boy right there. <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't get exiled or I'm fucked. Well, yeah. Then you're, then you're, then you have to do it the old fashioned way, which no one likes. But yes. <laughs> Oh wait! Okay. So, uh, so that's so that's Romans, a loop there. Great. That's your loop. Okay. So we already talked about Halo Fountain is one out, and this one is a little sweatier. But I think this one, with the value that you're going to be getting over time, is still going to be enough to knock someone out. Okay. And it's a re it's an uncommon for two that is going to build up over time. I think people are going to be I think people are going to be a little surprised by this one. And that card is Dragon Spark Reactor. So a colorless and a red for an artifact. When it or another artifact enters a battlefield under control, put a charge counter on it. Four, sack it. It deals damage equal to the number of charge counters on it to target player and that much damage to up to one target creature. So for me, even if you're just playing the fair version of this, where you're just creating tokens and creating constructs and sacrificing them and going through your loop-de-loops that you have there, uh, this is going to be something that's going to grow quickly and fast, Right. So I think your opponents are really going to have a decision on their board to be like, do we get rid of this now, even though knowing it's only going to target one person and maybe one other commander, or do you just want to sit here and let it get bigger? So even if, if you can go infinite, then this will knock out one person, obviously. But even then, with the amount of artifacts that we're doing and the synergies we have of creating tokens, this is going to be something that's going to be, I think, a little sleeper on knocking someone out. So uh, I'm not going to go into everything. I'll just kind of talk about it on its surface and I'll talk about it later. Um, sure. It's super cute. I think it's way too slow. Um, I do like how it does give you something to play early in the game. Like, I think if this card cost five and did literally everything the same, um, it wouldn't be as good. It would be terrible. The, fact that, the yeah. fact that you can get it out early and just get that incremental value, that is really attractive. Um, it'll be interesting to see, like, how that card operates, though, when it's late game. That, mm -hmm. That's the thing that I get worried about, and we'll talk about it more. But just, like, if I get this turn seven, what's it actually going to do? do? Yeah. Um, but I, I do like that it's an uncommon. It could sleep. And it's a, probably a card that doesn't cost a lot of money, like, financially. Nine, nine cents. And it yeah. also is part of, it also is a part of two-drop tribal, too, FYI. Uh, you can lick <laughs> the bottom of my foot. Uh, um, so, all right. Well, we talked about Halo Fountain for me. The next one I want to talk about is a card, and I really like this because a lot of times when they print these, whenever one or more's ETB, it's like you get the effect once. Yeah. I like that it's taken into effect everything that entered the battlefield and you get the collective. So, Ingenious Artillerist is for me an amazing card in this it's deck. So good because I like that it does what Dragon Spark is trying to do, but even when it's late game, you're still getting that yeah. immediate value out of it. So 
Two colorless red creature, human, artifice, or common, which is insane. Mm -hmm. It's a 3-1, though, so it dies to a sneeze. Whenever one or more artifacts enter the battlefield under your control, Ingenious Artillerist deals that much damage to each opponent. Shit, I might want to put Grafted Exoskeleton in here, throw that on him. I'll infect all of y'all out. It's insanely, it's insanely good. Impact tremors for artifacts. Like I think I'm, I miss this in draft, but I still have to buy them. But like honestly, any of the decks that generate artifacts, prosper my haste, my haste dragon boy that makes treasures. Any of those things, this is just gonna be completely bonkers. I think if it was, I think this card would be worse if it was one mana less and also had, uh, also had deals to a target, right? Oh yeah, it'd be. I think that's worse. way worse, right? But the fact that it's to each opponent every single time is so much is so strong. And last thing I want to say in general before we move on is that I did post a poll to Twitch, and of the one vote we have, we are a hundred percent sure that you are going to say yes to the stack. <laughs> uh, not sure about that. Yeah, exactly. But, I'm not sure about so, it either. Here's one question I have for you. Why wouldn't they just say whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, it deals one damage to each opponent versus the one? Like, do you think they were trying to like, is there maybe something like damage triggers? Like each time they get damage, you get a trigger and they were trying to eliminate that where it's like you're only getting one damage trigger. Is that I mean, are we at that kind of like eight dimensional chess at this point? I just don't get why they had to overly complicate it because I had to reread it a few times to be like, wait, well, how much damage is it dealing right. it didn't say to the number of artifacts or anything? But I know that's what it means. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I maybe so that's only one ability that goes on the stack, so it's easier to like stifle. I guess maybe, huh, but like, okay. but, but but like to your point, unless you're doing docks, like the only times where it matters is like dockside blood money, where you're shooting out twenty at a time because you just happen to have the right. So I don't know. I think I also think it's strangely worded, but. Okay. I, it must be that, like you said, it must be like the 40 chests that you have to think through about how to word these things as they go on the stack. Fair. All right, Tuck, uh, give us your final yeast. Or this is it. Did you cr- okay. That's it. This is my last one. So the this is a background, which is these enchantment cycles that I think are all very strong, whether or not they are in, whether or not they are on the... Uh, background mechanic or whatever that thing is, or in the 99. At least it's been my experience with them. And I think that Agent of the Iron Throne is going to be another way that we're going to be able to help close out this game for mm-hmm. very similar reasons as to Ingenious Artillerist, almost on the opposite, though. So two colors and a black for legendary enchantment background. Uh, it's an uncommon for 18 cents. And it says, Commander creatures you control, sorry, Commander creatures you own have, whenever an artifact or creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent loses a life. I feel like this is just dead on synergy with Yawn, right? We're going to be creating, regardless if we're going infinite or not, we're going to be creating a bunch of treasures. We're going to be creating a bunch of one ones that are effectively going to be blockers as we continue to build our board. And just over time, over time, over time, I feel like this card is going to do five at a time, 10 at a time. Like, I, I think that this one three drop is going to value, is going to have so much value. Uh, over the course of the game of just chipping away damage for three mana. And like we've talked about before, enchantment removal is now almost at the premiumist, right? That is the one that you have to have the most contingency plans for. So the fact that it is that background, the fact that it is that enchantment to me means like this is going to stick and it's going to stick around for a long time dealing that chip damage in. Yeah, it's a good card. I mean, it's essentially, I mean, 
Is uh, Blood Artist and cards like that playable? Yes. Or yeah. Conrad? Yes. So obviously it's going to work amazing. <laughs> so the fact that it does hit artifacts or creatures uh, is, is great. Um, what, what do you, I mean, we've, I don't think we've ever talked about this. Backgrounds can only be applied to uh, legendaries that say choose a background. Correct. What if they just made background like, hey, if it's a legendary creature, you can have a background attached to it. Do you think that just would have opened up Pandora's box? And Wait, just been- yeah, I think it's I think it's way too good. Um, and and this is based off of the plays that I've had. So when we when we did the pre-release of Baldur's Gate, there were some where it's like if I could have had two in this, or if this one commander that I drafted also had choose a background, they'd be backbreaking. I think that's okay. I think I think this is another. It's the same argument we've had too, where it's like. Well, they're only printing two color partners now, right? Yeah. It's it. I, I feel like this is the same sort of thing, right? Okay. If they had printed two, if they had printed two color commanders that also had choose a background, I think this would they would have been a lot more interesting. But now that they're so niche, I I still think they're really good, especially in a deck that compa- that cares about its commander to the level that this does. But I think if it was just any commander, I think they're way too good. It opens up way too many. Sweat, way too many greasy wins and and loops and stuff you can get into. Like honestly, I think the easiest way to just get around that would be to uh, make the backgrounds two or more colors. But then you can have it attached to anything. So it's like, okay, I have to pick a Golgari commander uh, right. if I want to run this background. So it's like you can't yeah, yeah, break yeah. it with like a mono, or I couldn't just do the fringe. Like, ooh, my. Uh, Greya deck, I could just take this mono black one. It's like crap. I can't use the Golgari yeah, one. She right. doesn't have green. I think that could be like a very easy way to kind of get around it. But then I get it. That's a whole bag of worms. It's like, well, but now these colored commanders get it and is it broken with them? Right. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, also companion hard. rules. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. What, is well, your, what is your last, last one? one? Is a card that needs something else. I don't know if this is why you put it in here, but I really like it. Sculpting Steel. But I have a specific oh. reason I want to talk about it. Three colorless artifact. You may have Sculpting Steel enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact on the battlefield. I actually don't want to copy any of my artifacts. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have Liquid Metal Coating and other cards turn oh. things into artifacts. And hey, would I like a second Rebel and Riches? Sure, I'd like that. Right. Would I like a second Hellkite Tyrant? Ingenious Artillerist? I mean, it's just the options are endless. Heck, do I want a second background? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, that's why I like Sculpting Steel. I think the the very easy one on the face is like, oh, make another Ultra the Brood or yeah! make another Dragon <laughs> Spark Reactor. Uh, cards like that. And I think that's cute and interesting. But I think it's way more powerful to let's make a copy of one of these non-artifact things. Right. Uh, because that's what our deck wants to do. It wants to turn non-artifacts into artifacts and get the value. And man, I can't think of anything more valuable than taking a second marionette master. Well, oh yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Like I, I was really trying to. I wasn't trying to turn this into alter the brood tribal, but I kind of was because we're going to be making so much stuff. And yeah. granted, there's only so much that you can do in here. But I agree. I, I think this card is. I think this card is kind of underplayed, in my opinion. Right, like it's any artifact, right? So if you're playing a mirror match against another artifact person, you just get their dark seal forge or their whatever it is. And sure. I don't know. I think for three mana, it, like this could just replace a mana rock potentially as well, right? I think this. I think this. I think if this card was four mana, it wouldn't be quite as good. Um, maybe like kind of unplayable with the fact it's on curve for most normal non mana lith sort of mana rocks and lets you choose anything on the battlefield. Super strong inclusion in any artifact deck, in my opinion. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the East package. And now before we head over to our final two sections, we do want to remind you guys about our amazing partner over at abyssproxyshop.com. If you use code CMDTOWER, you will get 10% off your order. They have a massive website of playtests, proxies. If you even type the word custom into their search bar, you can see the massive online catalog of all the commissioned work that they've done for different people in the community. Uh, the cards vary between like three and six bucks. So with that 10% off, you can get it a little bit cheaper. They do even offer specials where, hey, if you spend more than 100 free discount, they'll give you a set of Aberduels. Um, I mean, it's just great. They've been amazing partners. They're the ones that sponsored the giveaway from our Twitch stream on July 11th. So abyssproxyshop.com, code CMD Tower, it would mean a ton. Now we're going to head over into a spicy meat of all in the spice section. So, Big Tuck, what was your spice? I was shocked. I mean, you had it had some stuff in here. Some of them, I, I don't agree that they're spice. I, I think they're good for the deck, but I'll, there's I'll be a curious. There's, there's a well, few that's why. A, so, I want to talk about a land because uh, of course you do. I have had this land. I have opened this land before, and I still cannot tell if it's good or not. And I don't think it. I don't know. I really, I really don't know. But like I said, trying to find lands that say artifacts or are artifacts, you got what you you got what you brought in, right? So I think Glimmer Void can be good, situationally good. I don't know. So it's it's a rare land uh, for about three dollars and sixty six cents at the beginning of the end step. If you control no artifacts, sacrifice Glimmer Void, then tap and add one mana of any color. So on the surface. It's an untapped land that comes in and gives you mana fixing across the board, right? How worried are you as someone who might be playing this deck that you might actually not have an artifact when you play this? And I think like this is a card, I don't know. I think like the best way you could get this card would be like turn four, right? Yeah. But at that point, is the stipulation of having any mana of any color going to matter at that point when you've ramped out and got your mana fixing? I mean, I'm literally looking up right now, like, is Mirror Land Shaper worth it in this deck? Three colorless, artifact creature, Mirror, 1-1, one, one, tap, target land becomes an artifact in addition to its other types. Because you could always turn oh. Glimmer Void into an artifact, like, right. in response to its trigger. Um, so that way it doesn't get sacrificed. So, um, I don't know. I mean, is Glimmer Void the card, or is it Treasure Vault? I think Treasure Vault's a better card by Country Mile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I think Treasure Vault is going to be better for you longer term. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, but it doesn't give you the mana fixing, right? And that's where I was really struggling sure. on trying to find cards that reference artifacts that also give you mana fixing. No, that's fair. Well, let's see. I mean, you okay? No, it's easy. You just take out Glimmer Void because you're a fool and put in Command Tower. But it's a, it doesn't say artifact on it. I don't <laughs> crap. I gotta play by the rules. I'm no, a you don't now. Oh man! All right. Well, I wanted to talk. I don't know why you have this in Spice. Uh, you've seen me do work with this card. Doretti Ingenious Iconoclast? Come on. I didn't, like, it's just You didn't, have seen me do work. Oh, it's great. No, it's it's great. I just like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it really, it just didn't feel like it felt towards, getting towards the end game to the way that I wanted to. Well, yeah, it's not going to be the, the end game, but it's a hop card through and through. Colorless Rakdos, Planeswalker Duretti, Mythic. It's a three loyalty when it comes in. That's three activated <laughs> abilities. Um, I'm actually going to talk about the least impactful one, in my opinion, uh, on, on the abilities. 
It's ultimates minus six. Yeah. Choose target artifact card in a graveyard or artifact on the battlefield. Put three tokens that are copies of it onto the battlefield. I mean, I guess if I was able to sculpting steal a, uh, um, you know, hell kite, whatever, and then get right. three hell kites, like, okay. Like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I think that's a little too sweaty. Yeah. Man, guys, I, I would run this card and it does the work. Plus one, put a 1-1 one, one colorless construct artifact creature token with Defender onto the battlefield. Minus one, you may sacrifice an artifact if you do destroy target artifact. There's our removal. Yeah. We're going to have plenty of artifacts to sacrifice. It doesn't care if it's token, non-token, creature, non-creature, doesn't matter. Just wants us to get rid of something. And how often I just plus one, minus one, plus one, minus one yep. over and over with this over guy and already. Again, yeah. And these are in non-artifact decks. So the fact that I might be able to just minus one three times in a row, three turns in a row, and still feed my deck. Like, we talked about it. Like, what if I don't have Jan Jansen out, but I need to go ahead and sacrifice the price statue? Right. How about I sacrifice yeah, any of those it, are get great a treasure token, it, yeah. and destroy something? That just seems awesome. I just, I don't know. Like, there was something about it when I was rereading it. I knew it was going to be in here. Um, I, I just, I couldn't, it just felt like it was too sweaty, maybe. Uh, but let me ask you this. Do you feel like this card is worth the $18 price tag that is attached to it? That's hard because things are just so expensive nowadays. Yeah. It's, only ever like... been re- it's been reprinted one time. It's only been printed once ever. Yeah. Right. And that was in Conspiracy, right? Yeah. The second one. Conspiracy so, 2. I don't know what's called. For the limited printings, it's CMC and the fact that it does bring immediate impact to the board. I unfortunately say I get it. Why it's close to 20 bucks. But that's because you look up some cards nowadays, you're like, why is that 10? It doesn't make yeah, it. Right. Like, Alter the Brood shouldn't be $11. No, God, no. <laughs> but aren't you um, I mean, glad I, I put like it in it. the deck? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. It's great. It, you See? have no reason not to. It's an artifact. <laughs> God, so. I hate it. All right. Well, um, that's going to wrap up the spice section. And now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, this is going to be my three cuts and three assets deck that are going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no budget recommendation. We just won't talk about mana only land. Hooray. Okay, Big Tuck. Uh, so I got some slashing I'm going to do to this deck. And you left out cards that it doesn't make any sense, especially with your logic on why you left these out. I can think Let's of two immediately that I intentionally left out. Uh, for the under five, I'm actually going to cut Nahiri from the Oh, deck. sure. So we have a Nahiri the Harbinger, two colorless Boros, legendary planeswalker Nahiri. It's a mythic. It comes in for four loyalty. Plus two, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. Minus two, exile target enchantment, tapped artifact, or tapped creature. So it does do the thing that I really like about planeswalkers. Like, I can always keep it loyalty neutral. And always do a plus and minus, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, I figured the reason you probably included it was the minus eight. Search your library for an artifact or creature card, put it onto the battlefield, and shuffle your library. Right. It gains pace, return it to your hand at the beginning of the next step. To be honest, I didn't see a single artifact in the deck where it's like, if I land this, I just win. I didn't see any of that. So I don't feel like it's worth it in there for the plus two minus two. Uh, it is a planeswalker that has the ter- that has the word artifact on it, so that's why it made the cut out the gates. <laughs> I stuck to it. I'm a man. I'm a man of honor. So dumb. All right. Here's what I'm shocked you didn't have in here. Giant artificer from Commander Twenty One. How did you leave out Oscar the Reconstructor? Oh yeah, I thought I thought about it, but I was like, that's just a, I don't know. What? 
It literally it says artifact on the card. It does everything that the deck wants to do. It's so silly. So two colorless Boros, legendary creature, giant artificer. You, I could pick one up for eight. Oh, that's the display commander. Eight pennies for that <laughs> or 35 oh, yeah. cents for just the normal one. But the display legendary commander one creature. is the thick one, which is the one you should get just to prove a point. I mean, I think I have it. So oh, nice. I, could, I could just use it to prove a point. Uh, it has vigilance, which is cool, I guess. Uh, but one colorless sack and artifact target creature you control gets plus two uh, plus O until end of turn. So if I need a way to sack other artifacts to get triggers, Oscar does it on the body. But sure. here's why I'm surprised you didn't have it in the deck. We're sacking stuff left and right with Jan Jansen. So how about for X tap exile an artifact card with mana value X from the graveyard, create two tokens that are copies of the exiled card activate only as a sorcery. Like, I think I'd like to sacrifice an artifact land with Jansen, create two constructs, then pay zero, tap, exile that artifact land, get two artifact lands onto the battlefield, and now I got additional sack fodder. Um, I think that's extremely powerful. I just think Oscar, with what this deck wants to do with stacking artifacts, you have to have it in. Yeah, it was on the list. I just, I don't know. I It also does have artifact in the title of the card. It's a giant artifact. So, um, and it says artifact in its activated abilities, it, which is Nahiri. That's the logic you use for Nahiri. No, no, it no, said no, artifact no, in the no, card. No, I just like, I don't know. Maybe I just have a bad, I have a bad taste in my mouth about playing against Oscar. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't taste right. It didn't have the right taste for me. It was a little too, a little too sour, but I will agree. Little it's, great, too it's, great, sour. It's, great, it's a great inclusion. You, you got me on that. All right. Well, about for under 50, we're cutting hanger back Walker. Getting out of here. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, it mainly because we didn't have any lines that just produced gobs of mana. So it's just yeah, like, do I really yeah. want this card in for three counters on it? So hanger back Walker is an XX, which means, guys, if I pay two mana into the spell total, I only get one X. Artifact creature construct, it's a zero, zero. It's a rare. When it ETBs, it comes in with X plus one plus one counters on it. So basically, however much mana you put in, cut that in half. That's how many plus one counters it gets. When it dies, it gets a 1-1 one, one colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying onto the battlefield for each plus one counter on Hangerback Walker. Then you can pay a colorless tap, put a plus one plus one on Hangerback Walker. Not a whole lot of plus one counter themes. The nope. whole untap aspect, we do have those. But if we're untapping, we're untapping Jan Jansen. We're not untapping Hangerback Walker to add another right. counter to it. Um, and like I said, I don't see any lines where, oh yeah, I think if I do this, I'll be able to produce 30 mana this turn. And then I could actually leverage hanger back Walker. Right, right, right. No, I agree. That's why I put it in this. Like you hit the nail on the head is why I put it into spice where it's like, could have, could be fun late game, could have some interaction into it. If we get the recursion going, then maybe, but I totally get it. Michael sent lattice. What were you thinking? It's too easy. It's too easy. I want to make you sweat a little bit in this deck. I want to be a little sweaty. So dumb. Mycosynthalatus, six colorless artifact, mythic. All permanents are artifacts in addition to their other types. Are you putting in the other version, the other thing too, or no? Uh, Darksteel? No. No, 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 the other one. Oh, that makes everything artifacts? No. No, the other one. You keep saying another one. The pla The planeswalker that goes infinite with this. No. Okay, cool. Because I had the planeswalker in, and then I cut him, but I didn't put what this back in. Walker? Karn? The four Karn doesn't the... go infinite. It just locks everyone It locks out. people out of the game, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, effect it's effectively infinite, in my opinion. Oh. It's the same level, of, same level of nonsense. 
No, I only get three cuts and ads, and there was just too many glaring holes I had to fill. Uh, so the other thing is all cards that are on the battlefield, spells and permanents are colorless, uh, and players may spend mana as though or mana of any color. So it's just like you have to have this in here because the one thing that I did see that was stymieing the deck is losing out on actual artifact creatures to sacrifice oh, yeah. to get the treasures. Um, yeah, tons yeah, yeah. of ways to sacrifice non-creature artifacts but I just didn't see a lot of way to get artifact creatures. Um, but I also like the fact that it makes our lands artifacts. So if we need to get rid of a land, we then that, start yeah. our train, we could do that. It just basically unlocked the entire deck. So that way we're not stressed about, oh, I have to go get one of the two ways I could turn something into an artifact. Yeah, and I I, I did that intentionally to the, to the, like, I'd rather be sacking non-creature artifacts and then sacking the constructs that come out of that. That's more like the line of play I was looking at for there, but you're, you're not wrong. Um, there's, I thought about putting some higher end, uh, artifact creatures in here that might have that sort of ability, but I just wanted to, wanted something different. And evidently it was way too different for everyone else. So there you go. All right. Well, now we're here for the no budget and I'll give more thoughts behind it. I'm going to cut the dragon spark reactor. Sure. Mainly because, and I, and I hear you and, and I get it. My idea, though, and this is something that some of the competitive crowd, they've had to try to, like, beat into me. What's the point when you go infinite of having this other fringe card? Like, if you're going infinite, you should just win the game. And when you, like, oh, yeah, when you do it, you're able to knock one player out. But I feel like that's not enough. Because if I'm just creating infinite servos and treasures, I don't right. need to just eliminate one player with this one card. I'm probably just winning the game on the spot. So I don't, I see this card only being good early game to maybe threaten a commander removal or a little bit of damage to a player if they're not trying to like, if they're getting a little low, but I don't see it as the, well, I'm Dania for 25. I just, I don't see that realistically happen. This is, this is what my friends in, in Fort Collins drink would refer to as a win more card, right? Hmm. Like you already have your ways to win the game. This is going to help you do it maybe more, but maybe not, right? This card, this card either like, is huge value or is a dead card in your hand? Well, I'm just going to put a win more card that's just better in the deck. Um, draw Scorpion. Surprised you didn't have that. In oh, here. the Scorpion? Yeah. Yep. So four colorless artifact creature, common. It's a 3-1. Whenever Dross, Scorpion, or another artifact creature is put into a graveyard from play, you may untap target artifact. So kind of another version of our... Um, Unwinding Clock, right? Or uh, Clock of Omens. Clock of Omens, yes. Yeah, it's kind of another version of our Clock of Omens, but we do need a creature artifact to hit the graveyard. So that's a little bit where the Mycocenth Lattice will come in, so that sure. way we can sacrifice some of those. Uh, you know, I think if we had ways, I didn't do the research. I know a lot of it's in blue, but a lot of ways to turn our non-creature artifacts into creatures and just have that be like an effect. I think those would be very powerful in here as well. But, you know, ever all the research I did, it seemed like Dross Scorpion was really the engine that made it work. Yeah, it's it's really strong. Um, I just thought I didn't want to put too much into there. I want, like I said, want to make it a little sweaty for you. And evidently, it was way too dripping. So, what are you gonna do? Well, what you're gonna do is we're at the end of the episode, and uh, we would love it if you guys would subscribe to our Twitch channel. Hey, now you can actually sub our Twitch channel. I don't think we have any oh. of that set up, but we'll have to figure out what subs mean and what you guys <laughs> get from it. Uh, but that'll now be an option. But you should also subscribe to us on YouTube, wherever you get your con uh, content from. Now, if you would like to find out more updates on us, 
see our social medias. Here's how you can do that. You can get to hold of me at Mr. Commodore 5 on Twitter. I'll spell that except for that five. Big Tuck, where can people get a hold of you? You can find me at Big Tuck Tweeting on Twitter. This week, I didn't post a whole lot because I was actually messaging some new uh, some new content creators and trying to get them on the stream and orchestrate that. So my Twitter Ooh. time was spent in the messages. Uh, you can reach our primary account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we will have the deck list and article and videos posted. So if anyone wants to see it when everything goes live uh, on July, what would that be? 23rd. Go to cmdtower.com slash bnbe147. Basically, Clock of Omens, Mystic Forge, Deadly Dispute, Tower.com. Now, we would love to remind you of the different ways that you could support us uh, through our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Etsy.com, CMD Tower in the search bar, or abyssproxyshop.com, code CMD Tower. All three ways are ways that you can help financially support our channel, cover a lot of our overhead, and so we can continue to grow, because if you guys don't support us, we cannot grow any bigger than we are. Uh, and of course, just share what you guys are looking and watching, because the more people we can get involved, the better. So Bruise and Build, say yes to the deck. Jan Jansen, Chaos Crafter. Big Tuck, we'll go with you first. How do you feel about the discussion? How do you feel about the deck? And do you think I'm going to say yes? Uh, I feel great. I feel great. No. Uh, I uh, <laughs> see where you're going with the deck. So I'll say this. You gave it's me a very good skeleton that I am going to chop this boy up and make something different. Which one's better, this one or the last one? This, it has to be this one, right? This one's this one's better because I mean you have like some like fun lines in there. Just like I said in the very beginning, you're you're trying to go way too out on a limb. Like I'm a 280 pound guy, I can't be out there on a twig. The twig's gonna break, <laughs> and I'm gonna break my ass. Um, and that's kind of what you're giving me here. It's just you're go you're going way 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 too deep. Um. And, you know, you can have a fun, interactive, different deck, but still have staples in the deck. I got you um, your staples. We got your Altar of the Broods. We got you your, uh, which is that You literally one? said you didn't include Mycosynth Lattice and Oscar because it was just like, oh, I don't know. Smothering Tithe. I got you that one. Fresh off a reprint. Uh, well, there's another one in here I was really, I know to ready you like. I tried to put in the, the uh, Mirage Mirror made the cut too. Like, that's a, that's a fine card. It's just, once again, you're, you're, you're trying to go way, way, way. You lost me when you said everything had to say artifact on it. Yes. That's because no. I'm trying to make it fun. That's not fun. Yeah. It's, you, you always talk about how you like the deck, interesting, difficult deck building challenges. And I intentionally put myself into that exact same boat of a difficult, interesting I, I build. I hear you. I hear you. But you just have to understand that, that you're if not I a psychopath. Oh, if I read through the deck for 45 minutes and I still don't know what the hell you're trying to do other than just generic value, that's not a fun deck. Nobody wants to sit there and just piddle for value for two hours. Did you play test it on Moxfield? Like once or twice. I, a, I don't like Moxfield. Moxfield sucks, so I refuse to do it. No, um, that's our new sponsor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Uh, so that's, that's, a, that's a little bit of my feedback. So I will say this. I'm saying yes to the deck. I'm going <gasps> to cut about 30 cards from the deck and swap in 30 cards. And swap so in probably, Gamble and Tutors and the other things that you actually want to play with. Well, yeah, I need Tutors because I need to get to my things. I need multiple ways. 
like I'll probably cut Dockside Chef. That's just a lazy card that <laughs> I'm not I'm not paying. It's a lazy card. I'm not going to waste two mana and sacrifice an artifact to draw a card. I'm using Jansen's ability to do that stuff. But the Deadly Disputes of the World, super smart. Really like that. The Big Scores of the World, super smart. Really like that. You have oh. a lot of very good cards in here. I'm not saying the deck is trash. It's just you had so much value in here. There is nothing I'm actually getting to. It's just like, well, oh, if I just get the value and I get to the thing... I guess I can <laughs> produce a lot of uh, stuff. It's it's Snowpiercer, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's just, so. it's just go, you know that you get that reference, right? You've seen that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah it just goes just, into perpetual it's just circle. Going and going and going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, un until uh, Chris Evans decides to blow it off the track, kill all of humanity, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> and and basically this little girl and a baby are going, or this little child are going yeah. out into the snow wilderness. With, by the way, ending scene a freaking polar bear i guarantee that thing's like oh i'm hungry yeah, it's i'm food. about to yeah. eat you well you know so, i i'm surprised you impressed me yet again i thought you would have watched that movie once and been like yeah it's great no, i love that movie i've it's watched great, it right? six or seven times i just refuse to watch the tv show oh no that looks terrible it's got that, the v digs in it come on like the guy was on broadway not interested as an actor so anyways, I'm saying yes. I got to swap out about 30% of the cards and I am including upgrading the mana base to just get out of here. With a that. city of brass, perhaps, perhaps a probably mana, mana confluence, if you will. Yeah. So I'm going to be including stuff like that. I'll probably need to get lightning greaves in here. I need ways to protect Jansen. Uh, probably get swift boots in here. I need ways to protect Jansen. Uh, I probably need to get, I'll probably put a blight steel in. Not for the winning, but just so I don't get milled out. I like having preventative yeah. build features, but I do like keeping it on theme where it needs to be an artifact. Oh, I guess I could always do uh, Dark Steel Colossus. I think he shuffles back in. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, same, so I, same I can thing do that. Steel, yeah, get, get away from the infect piece because I don't care about the infect. I just want ways to prevent milling. Um, so yeah, I I I see what you did. I find Jansen interesting, and I do think the end game of how I can go infinite is also interesting in the different ways to win. I just think turns three through 12, I got to <laughs> make that a lot better. So, well, I'll take Hey, listen, I'll take, I'll take a yes, but, or a yes. And over a no any day of the week. So to me, great success. It was totally worth it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning into the episode and we'll catch you next week.